Welcome to Turn the Volume Up podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hay, and I'm a college dropout and beauty industry pro that grew from zero clients to a seven-figure business. Each episode, I'll bring you business growth trainings, social media strategies, and real-life lessons of building a business the bootstrapping way. If you're ready for elevated conversations about the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship, then turn the volume up, gorgeous. Welcome back to the show, Queen. I have a very timely podcast episode for you today. In fact, your girl over here is about to celebrate a birthday. And something that happens for me every year as a birthday approaches is I end up doing a lot of reflection, just kind of thinking on the past year, thinking on things that I've accomplished, things that I've experienced things that I've felt, things that have stung, like failure. And I wanted to share with you today, as I've been in reflection, seven lessons from 44 fierce years of life. And this is probably the first time that I've outed my age on the podcast or social media or anything like that. For some reason, I've always gotten stuck on that number. And, you know, I mean, I've just completed 44 years of life and I've had to do my own work to come to this place of, man, 44 years of wisdom, 44 years of experiences, 44 years of highs and lows, and just really embracing that and owning that. This year in particular has probably stood out to me as one of my most monumental years in terms of really feeling the duality of life. And what I mean by that is this year I experienced extreme highs and extreme lows. I've experienced death and rebirth. I've experienced the complexity of life and the simplicity of life. And I want to share with you these seven lessons. But before I do, I just want you to know that I'm grateful. And I bow to all the other souls and experiences that have reflected such profound lessons to me this last year. If it weren't for those people who in the moment might have even just really been a trigger And if it hadn't been for me being in awareness, I wouldn't be able to sum these things up as lessons learned, as things that I will continue to integrate. But because of the duality, I am so grateful. And I really learned to integrate this year. And that that feeling good and feeling high on life all the time isn't the ultimate goal. And so this year, I really felt like I was able to learn that and integrate that in, that we're not meant to feel good and be high on life all the time. The point of this life is to be in whatever experience we are in so that we can extract the value that we are supposed to. 
And so with that, I'm going to jump into lesson number one. This was came to me as a as a channeled message of heart open all in. And this came to me earlier this year in January when I lost my sister unexpectedly in a tragic accident. This was a year of loss for me and it didn't just end with my sister, but in, in my sister in January um, passed away. And then just last week, I lost a dear aunt, somebody who was really impactful in my lifetime. I have so many wonderful, beautiful memories of both of these women who made the world a better place. And one of the resonant lessons that these losses taught me again and again is that tomorrow isn't promised. And so why are we living our lives like it is? We're out here pretending like we don't have gifts to share with the world or impact to make. Saying things like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll do it next week. Oh, I'll do it when I feel ready. But if we have air in our lungs, then we have a responsibility to show up in this world and to contribute to making it better. As far as I see it, it's a privilege to be alive. It's a privilege to have air in our lungs. And for us to fixate on the details of perfection is pure entitlement. And I think on the veneer of entitlement, most of us hate it. We hate when we see entitled people. But as I've spent more and more time thinking about this, what I realize is that us walking around saying things like, oh, my thighs are too big, or um, I'm not as smart as she is, or I don't have a good speaker voice, or I don't have it all figured out yet. All of those things are a form of entitlement that stem from our own perfectionism. And in its simplest form, it's our brain's way of distracting us from being our highest self. And that's why we were all sent here, to be our highest self, to be our authentic self, and to contribute to the greater good of this world. The other lesson that loss taught me this year is to act when you think of someone. If they come to your mind or if they're on your heart, then you have to reach out. You have to reach out and tell them. And even this last year in my presence and getting quiet, I've still gotten too busy. And I've said things like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I've had people on my heart and I've been like, oh, it's so inconvenient right now though. I'm doing something for work or I'm doing something with my kids. And so I'll just, I'll do it later. And so all of these lessons that I've learned from loss has led me to this one simple saying that I always come back to, heart open, all in. And what that means is I will, I will take the feeling of loss and I will turn that into going all in on this one life that I'm given to live because I can, because I have air in my lungs. Lesson two from this past year was that reinventing yourself is the epitome of main character energy. 
And I think that we all can relate to main character energy. We've seen the memes, we've seen it trending, but you know, it's so much bigger than just reposting a cute meme or a reel about it. If we're truly living main character energy, then we will become so free of other people's opinions, of the shoulds, I should do this, I should do that, and of the ego-imposed timelines. And when we do that, we will access new dimensions of our soul self. And the beautiful thing about our soul self, as I've gone deep on this topic this year, is that our soul self is limitless. Our soul self doesn't get tripped up on how many earth years old we are. It doesn't care. And so I think something that we can do to really reinvent ourselves is to ask ourselves how much of our current day existence is influenced or shaped by others or maybe even a past version of us. How much of living is autopilot because we are too scared to reinvent ourselves because we are scared of what people will think if we show up looking different or sounding different or doing something different or proclaiming our gifts. And so perhaps reinventing yourself isn't meant to be done in one giant step. I think oftentimes we see the before picture and the after picture, and we think that's what reinventing ourselves is. But really, what reinventing ourselves is, and it's not sexy, it's not sexy. I'll tell you what is sexy, that before and after picture. But but what reinventing yourself is, is a commitment to, a dedication to, a discipline for slow, intentional shifts that you make every single day. You know, funny side story, story, I have been through this reinvention process for the last nine months. And I just had this thought of, you know, this year for my birthday, I'm just going to, I'm going to be there. I will be reinvented and I'm going to have this beautiful, you know, photo from a photo shoot of me as this lioness, this new, and this vision that I had was definitely a before and after. It was definitely like, okay, this is me before and this is me after. But reinvention of self isn't always seen by the naked eye. Sometimes it's felt, sometimes it's experienced. And so, you know, I don't have this, you know, prolific photo that I'll be sharing this next week. Because what I learned about reinvention is it is an internal job. And so one of the things that I think is really important, and I do this every single year, is I revisit my core values. Because when you are reinventing yourself, you're changing. And it's important that you go back and revisit your core values, these things that guide you through dilemmas and through new opportunities that come in. And I think it's important for us to know our highest vision and recalibrate to that often. And so every year I I kind of sit with my highest vision. You know, what do I want in the next six months, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Has that vision changed 
And what are the core values that are acting as my compass? Have those shifted? Have they changed? Do they mean something new to me now? So reinventing yourself is the epitome of main character energy. And I really think that we need to get better at normalizing it. Lesson number three is that JOMO is always going to trump FOMO for me moving forward. This year, I really begin to heal. And, and I, when I say heal, I don't just mean override with affirmations and fluffy thoughts. I really begin to heal my people-pleasing ways. And one of the things that was showing up for me was this fear of missing out. It really had a hold on me. I would say yes to things that were not a full yes because my fear of missing out was greater. I would be exhausted and be invited to a you know, social outing or a business networking thing. And I would say yes. And then I would go into it not with my full energy. And I started to realize that FOMO is a form of scarcity. I realized that I was scared to miss something with my friends or even my family. And so I started asking myself, why? What happens if I miss something? What happens if they miss me? What if they don't need me anymore came up? What if they don't need me anymore? Will we still be friends? What if I don't get invited again? And that little trail of breadcrumbs of asking me that, those questions led me to my ultimate fear, which was fear of rejection. What if this opportunity never presents itself again? And so underneath the FOMO was this deep-rooted fear that I had to touch, that I had to get to, that I had to face. And it was with a ton of awareness that I was finally able to feel the joy of missing out and saying no to things that weren't aligned for me in that moment, but knowing and trusting that that opportunity or something better would present itself to me in the future. The fourth lesson that I learned this year was that fuck it energy is where I live now. Mm, this is a special little place. And fuck it energy is basically what I've come to describe as that sweet spot where you love and trust yourself so much that you know you are right on time and that every decision you make is going to lead you to a beautiful evolution. It is knowing that there is risk in everything, especially living, but feeling so free that you've surrendered your need to control the outcome. Fuck it freedom for me didn't come from winning and feeling like I was shooting rainbows out of my booty. It didn't arrive when I hit a new milestone. This energy came from the dark moments of sadness, of grief, of loss, of messing up, of saying the wrong thing, of not saying anything at all, of questioning my own self-worth, of feeling the sting of failure. And then, and this is the most important part, and then 
choosing to get back up, choosing the lessons, knowing that it is all for me and not to me. Fuck it energy is for embracing the duality of life and being grateful that we get to experience a full spectrum of emotions. And that is living. The fifth lesson that I learned this year is that embodiment is the new success. And I love this lesson. I love that it finally landed for me this year. What I discovered is that there is no coveted title or amount of money on a P&L statement that could ever compare in value to what it's like to experience things like peace, love, joy, happiness, and gratitude in your entire body. When we experience and feel these things, it actually changes our biology. This type of freedom can't be experienced without a commitment to burning away what isn't in alignment anymore. And what I believe is that the ego and the past conditioning has misled us to think that a possession or a number or a title is the altar to which we are bowing to. What I can tell you is that I have experienced more joy from my kids, more joy from my little son Rocco saying, I love you, mama. You're my little sweetie pie. And like hugging me and holding my hand while he says it. He says it a lot. It's really sweet. I've experienced more joy from those moments and him telling me that I'm the cutest mom and then he loves to snuggle with me than I ever did from hitting seven figures on a PL statement. And this was the year that I finally had the awareness to look around and see that truth and to come out on the other side, realizing that embodiment is everything. Embodiment is the new success. The sixth lesson that I learned this year is that intuition is the real MVP. In my busyness and pursuit of proving to everybody that they were wrong about me, I ended up on a misguided path. And in the validation seeking, I disarmed my own innate tool for creating the life that I was designed to live. I lost my ability to listen to the inner whisper, my intuition. I was born with it, the gut instinct. And I disarmed it, trying to prove everybody else that this black sheep could be successful too. And so getting back to my intuition has been a game changer. For me, it shows up as a feeling or a voice. For you, it may be visual. But whatever it is, what I learned is that we never need to look outside of ourselves again if we can just go inward and learn how to tap into this intuition. 
Rebecca Campbell says, we are all intuitive and it is through our physical senses that we receive our intuition. The more grounded our soul is in our body, the more we are able to discern our intuitive sense. And what I had to do to be able to start to tap into this intuitive sense again was I had to get quiet. And I shared that with you guys on a uh, previous podcast episode back in May. I have been in like a three-month stillness. And so whatever it is for you, you're never going to be able to tap back into it again if you don't create space for it. Maybe for you, it's routine quiet. Maybe it's daily movement. Maybe it's meditation or journaling. But inviting in some sort of practice that creates space for you to quiet the static and quiet the noise around you so that you can start to hear, see, feel the intuition that's inside of you. And that intuition is never going to guide you wrong. It's almost like an inner compass that's there to help us on this journey. And the only way that I can describe how this has felt is it has felt like safety. It has felt like freedom. It has felt like coming home to myself. And I'm excited to continue to intensify it. I'm excited to go deeper into it. Lesson number seven from this year is that winning at someone else's race is losing. (laughs) What I've learned and relearned and relearned time and time again is that comparison doesn't exist in this queendom anymore. It's just me and me. It's just you and you. And I finally see how frivolous it has been to compare any part of my life to someone else's. To understand that no one else in this world is like us is to meet a new level of consciousness. It's just a waste for us to see life any other way. And so remember that seeing her being, having, or doing what you desire is a gift for you to know that it's also available for you too. The mistake that we often make is thinking that to have, be, or do what somebody else has, that we have to obtain it in the exact same way. And that's where we fall off track. And so as a reminder, if you find yourself triggered by her, then accept this as a gift because that's exactly what it is. You have an opportunity. We all have an opportunity to look deeper at our current belief system and to uncover what lesson we are to learn and to integrate that lesson so that we can clear any sort of energetic blocks that might be holding us back from our next level. And it's so important for you to know that these energetic blocks never go away. They're always going to reemerge. These triggers never go away. They're always going to be there and can stand in our way as an energetic block if we don't address it. 
So one of the best things that you can do is start seeing those moments where somebody triggers you as a gift. And when I look back to 20-year-old Sue's and 30-year-old Sue's and even 40-year-old Sue's, I was still having moments where people would trigger me and I would get so angry. Oh, why is she like that? Oh, why does he talk to me that way? And it was when I started to realize that these were mirrors for me to see the work that I needed to do on myself that I started experiencing less triggers. And these things don't go away. So we just need to be aware that they can come back and present themselves to us. And when they do, we need to see it as an opportunity. But I can tell you that there is no value hold in spending your days, your hours, your minutes, your seconds comparing your journey where you're at right now with another person's. And I'm going to end this episode today with this thing that I say to my kids often and that I'm starting to say to myself more often as well. And that is that there is nobody else out there like you. You were uniquely made. Nobody has what you have. Nobody has the exact unique code that you have. And what that means is that there's a special place for you here to be yourself, fully be yourself. There's a special place for you and there's a very special place for me. And that's why I show up week after week to record these podcast episodes for you guys. So I'm gonna do something today that I don't ever do. I'm gonna drop my Venmo handle in the show notes. I love champagne. And so if you would like to send me a little birthday gift, then I will cheers to you and I'll put it in the show notes here. And I just want to thank you for being part of this last year of growth, of lessons. I want to thank you for being here and being part of this podcast community and for helping me share it out into the world. You have no idea how much it means to me to be able to come here and share my voice to have air in my lungs to show up here and share the messages that come to me that I think might be helpful for you too. And so to all my Leo sisters out there, I want to say cheers to you, cheers to us, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Turn the Volume Up podcast. If today's episode motivated and inspired you, I hope that you'll take a moment to leave a five-star review. It would mean the world to me as I continue to grow and reach more people.